We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, Check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 424. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Make sure to use code BLUEWIRE when you sign up to get your welcome bonus. Scott, what is going on on this fine Monday morning? Yeah, recording on a Monday. We had Easter yesterday. I hope everybody had a fantastic Easter with your your uh, family Zoom calls and all of the, uh, the, the weird things that we're doing in today's age. I, I know we did it. We had, we had our... Uh, our family like board of of, uh, of video calls or, or of video windows trying to coordinate who's talking next, who's arguing over somebody else, who's yelling at the other person because they're talking over somebody else, and then uh, where we can blame technology. So it was an interesting one. It was an interesting Easter for us. Oh yeah, it, very interesting for, for for everybody. Interesting's quite the word for it. <laughs> it was also um, Leanne's brother's thirtieth birthday yesterday. Yeah, and we're so we're talking about that. I'm so like, he's officially old. I'm like, dude, this is a this is a birthday you're never gonna forget. Yeah, that's true. That is true. They'll be turning thirty in the apocalypse. Yeah, very very unique circumstances, obviously. Um, yeah, same old, same old, right? That's that's sort of sort of the the deal at this point. Do you realize it's it's uh, April thirteenth as we're recording? It's been like pretty much exactly one month since spring training was shut down. It yeah. feels like it's been a year. It does because mon- when you have monotony and just like complete, uh, you know the, the the repetition of every single day, it all blends together as one long day, one very long day, and yeah, it uh, time goes out by much slower. So yeah, it feels like forever, forever, and it was that was a really really depressing week going into it. Honestly, now that I'm thinking back, to it, appreciate you uh, rekindling those uh, those emotions. <clears throat> That's what I'm here for. Yeah, but um. Yeah, that was we're still working through all that actually. Uh, that's a that's a good reminder. Let me do some housekeeping. Everybody who went to that game or had tickets for that game in spring training, uh, 
for our event, we had 200 people ready to go for that event, which would have been a fantastic time. All of the refunds were issued long ago, long, long ago. The week after everything went down, we refunded everybody's money. It took a really long time for it to go through the banks. So there are the majority of everybody who went to that game or had tickets to that game should be refunded at this point. Um, if you do not have a refund, please get in touch with us. Shoot me an email. Uh, you can shoot an email to events at BP crew. I'm sorry, events at bronxpinstripes.com. And just let me know your order number, please. And we'll make sure it's taken care of. Some circumstances have been people's cards were lost or they had to cancel them for whatever reason. And like, you know, all those things. So when we refund it back to the, the card that you purchased it on, uh, it's been hung up. Some of them have been hung up in purgatory <laughs> and I don't even know where the money is, but uh, it's not getting to some people. I, I'm, we're working through that. So if you have an issue similar to that, please email me and we will uh, we'll get it taken care of. As far as the 2020 BP Crew events for the remainder of the season, just so everybody knows what our plan is, we've been kind of stalling to you know hold out hope. I think at this point, there's just you know nothing. There's not much to hold on to as far as hope that the season will look anything like we uh, can predict, or any of these these dates will will fall on where they're supposed to. So here, what we're doing is we're refunding everybody for every game for 2020. And if we get uh, a season that looks like anything and we're able to get back into Yankee Stadium and we're all able to get back together in a group in some capacity, then we will uh, work with the Yankees and, and figure out group tickets, but we'll do it separately from what we've already planned. So essentially all of that is out the window and we're going to go through the process. We're starting to refund every single person for anything that you've purchased in 2020, which I can tell you right now will be a process and take a little bit of time. So please bear with us. Uh, but that's the plan right now. Yeah. Cause we look at the plans that were surfaced from uh, major league baseball over the last week and doesn't seem like games at Yankee Stadium with fans in the stands is no. Is I haven't really hinted towards that. For this I haven't year. really hinted towards that. Yeah, and there's just so many. Like we have games, you know, all throughout the season. I, I don't want to be holding anybody's money for no reason. So yeah. we're gonna just give everybody back their money, and then we'll figure it out when when uh, when, when everybody else figures it out, I guess, or maybe a couple days ahead of that, so that we can get good seats. <laughs> so let's talk <laughs> about those plans. the The Arizona plan, the Grapefruit and Cactus League plan. And then I'm going to put the Japan plan to the side. <laughs> but, but first, the, the Arizona plan, which first came out, I think, last Tuesday. Jeff Passan reported it. And it's ob Jeff Passan is a connected guy for Major League Baseball. He's one of the guys that the commissioner's office will filter information through. He's the ESPN guy. Yeah. He's the ESPN guy. By the way, is it Passan or Passan? Jeff Passan. Because I've, I've heard people say Passan. I'm pretty sure it's not Passan. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's Passan. Okay. Anyway, Jeff Passan Passan reported that MLB is looking at plans to start in as early as May in Arizona at all those spring training facilities. And the beautiful thing about the Arizona facilities is they're all within like an hour, an hour and a half drive of one another. It's basically like a gigantic compound. Yeah. Whereas a campus. The, it's a campus of baseball. Whereas the Florida sites are spread out throughout the state. Right. Yeah, you have like the Yankees and the Rays and the Blue Jays all kind of within the same hour drive bubble. But it's a three-hour drive to get across and down to, say, where the uh, the Mets play or where some other teams play in Florida. Yeah. So that just makes it a little bit more complicated for getting a bunch of games in in a short amount of time. And they were well, going... Especially if you're trying to quarantine people, too. It's, right. That, that, that really complicates things. Basically, they were going to quarantine the entire Major League Baseball, all 30 teams, a, a roster of 40-plus players you would absolutely need to have for this scenario and coaches because you're you're the complications here is there's no minor league season so if a guy goes down with an injury you have to replace him but if there's no minor league season then there's no one ready waiting in the wings who's in baseball shape so you have right. to have like probably i would guess 50 players per roster who quarantined are because you can't pull anybody in that's not quarantined exactly so you have to have like 50 players quarantined and in baseball shape. So maybe they would have like morning games with each other for the non 26 man roster. You know what I'm saying? Like the extra 15 players are playing like simulated games against one another at eight o'clock in the morning when no real baseball games are Ghost going man. on. Ghost man on first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, so there's that whole thing. Um, and then you, like you said, coaches, 
trainers, um, personnel, uh, just like people personnel working, to, working the stadium, the groundskeepers, the hotels where they're the, peop- the food service <laughs> people, like um, uh, TV crews, people uh, to open the facilities, announcers. people to close the facilities, people to clean the facilities. When you add it up, it's like conservatively like 3,000 people. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, more I'd, conservatively, yes. So it's a, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people that don't make millions of dollars as well that have livelihoods and families and are depended on at home to for childcare at certain hours and for different for mowing the lawn because you can't pay some kid 50 bucks or 30 bucks to mow the lawn when you're, you know, making 40 grand a year doing whatever. Like it's there are so many trickle down effects to something like that that I don't see how you could possibly do it. Yeah, and unless talking- unless like the players are cleaning toilets as well. <laughs> right, <it's, laughs> judges out there mowing the lawn before before he. Gets yeah, up it becomes back. that Baker Mayfield commercial where they're, uh, you know, he's cleaning the the stadium for for the people to come in. Do Sunday. you, um, right? And, and so they're talking about all these different facilities plus Chase Field, which is where the Diamondbacks play. So that that gets them to all of the fields that they would need to put on games simultaneously, but. In Arizona in June, it's 110 degrees. And, and I get it. Like, these players are getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. Like, if it's a little hot, it's a little hot. It's not the end of the world. But that does cause complications. Like, it causes fatigue. It causes... It's just not safe and healthy to be out in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when it's 110 degrees in the desert. Yeah, these guys are also wearing, you know, long pants, long... Uh long sleeves or short sleeves with, with stuff underneath them. And like, they're wearing things that are, that are not like a light uniform. It's not like you're out there in shorts and, uh, and no shirt on. Like these guys are out there working hard. And, and the other thing about baseball obviously is it's not, it's not continuous. It's more of like a, uh, you know, you ramp up and then you get down, you ramp up and you get down. Like there's, there's opportunities for people to get hurt. Loose muscles though. So let fewer pulled muscles. Hopefully you'd think so. <clears throat> it's think a dry so. heat. It's a dry heat. It is a dry heat. <laughs> but, uh, they, um, so here's, so I'm going to go through some things that they were talking about implementing in, in the Arizona plan An electronic strike zone to allow the home plate umpire not to be right next to the catcher and the batter, but also to, I guess, speed up games with an electronic strike zone because you think Joe West is going out there in any capacity in a hundred degree heat in Arizona. How many innings does he make it before he just keels over and dies? I mean, Joe West, maybe it's, maybe it'll be good for him. Maybe he'll be like the ever shrinking man. Like sweat just, it out. Yeah. Just sweat, sweat it the out. Fat off of him. They got, they got to wear, they got to wear pads. Like imagine being a catcher on a, you know, oh. on a daily basis yeah. playing out there. Gary who's, Sanchez. Who's, who's cleaning that equipment? Gary Sanchez just sweating, sweating yeah. profusely out there in the Arizona. Someone's got to so clean I, Joe I West. I think you would have to play a night game. You would have to play night games. Right. Yeah, that would make sense because it's a, you know, it's a, like you said, it's a dry heat, so it gets down, I would assume, much cooler in the evening. You could play day games in Arizona in the, um, the dome, in, the, in, in the dome, Chase yeah. Field. So you yeah. get two games. Maybe you could even fit in three games there. You could play like a noon, a 4 p.m., and an 8 p.m. And then yeah. all of the other games at 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. at, at night in the outdoor facilities. So because it's, it's dr- just, because it's a dry heat in the desert like that, does the, I mean, I would assume the evenings become much cooler. Because of that, so right? maybe you like, start at five p.m. or something like that. Because the but, sun is, you know, the the entire. It's not you don't have the humidity to deal with and all that as well that that knocks you down. Um, so at, in the evening, it's it's pretty enjoyable. I would assume. I, I don't remember what you know Arizona is in July. I've never been to Arizona. I was in Arizona when I was like twelve at the Grand Canyon and all. Actually, that. that's a lie. I've been to Arizona. I went to the Grand Canyon. There you go. So I don't remember what it was like in the evening though. Can't can't speak to that. We can we can ask some people though. <clears throat> Troy, who's uh, uh, involved at Bronx Pinstripes and one of our moderators in Facebook, lives in Arizona, in Phoenix. So we'll ask him. They also talked about no mound visits from the catcher or pitching coach. So those two things, electronic strike zone and reduced mound visits or no mound visits. Both are, we going can, on the, are we going on the earpiece then? Maybe, but either way, I'm okay with those because those are something I think that is being talked about already. Don't those seem like things like they want to get past or want to start testing in the major leagues, but they need approval and voting from the players. But this is now an excuse just to get it into the game being like, Hey guys, this is the circumstance we're dealt. We have to implement this deal with it. 
Well, yeah, for this one, nobody could say anything. So if they were trying to sneak in something that they wanted to do in real life, uh, in a real season, then yeah, this would be the time to do it. This is the time to get your, your, uh, your, your agenda into a game right, right now. If you have some kind of agenda that you want to pass, now is the time to step up and put up a good case because you have a much higher chance of, uh, of it getting implemented. So yeah. Seven inning doubleheaders to fit more games in. I, I hate this idea. Because this first, is where you lo- this is where it like completely loses me as far as like the baseball. I will gladly sacrifice games and just play the nine inning game. If if it's if the decision is eighty games of nine innings or hundred and ten games with seven inning doubleheaders, I don't need the extra games of this makeshift fake high school baseball. Like just give me a regular nine inning game, but fewer of them. I feel like that's a better product. For sure. You know, I mean, so I've talked about this in the past. Like I want baseball like the next guy wants baseball, but I don't want I don't want you to touch the game of inside the game. I don't want you to touch the workings of the game. So if we have to play less games, okay, that's one thing because now we're on a time crunch. But if you start messing with seven inning games, you know, it, it's just it, it it changes the element of baseball. It changes the just everything about it. It really is some one of those things that affects the the actual product. So. I'm not about that. I'm not about that in the least. Things like no, mound visits, like yeah, you're, 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 you can affect it in that in that way, but it's a much much smaller way to do that. It's a better way. It's a more uh, you know discreet way, if you will. Shortening the actual game. That's like saying, okay, guess what? On the third ball, you're going to first base. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just dumb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, it, it would just be to fit in more games. So, but okay, so you're fitting in more games under this circumstance. It's not like you're getting more gates because there is no fans in the stands. So you're getting more TV. You're getting more commercial time, essentially. That's like what it would be for is more commercial time on TV. You're getting, you're get, yeah, they're good because they're going to be, they're definitely going to experiment with what they'll do digitally, right? They're going to have different cameras in the stands they're going to have like i know they yeah, talk players about are going to be mic'd up for yeah. more of a tv experience that's that's all all that stuff is good i, I mean we talked about they should be implementing that regardless yes, and if you want to do awesome. more commercials in in-game commercials so like the announcers are reading ads more often or or there's in picture in picture things or i don't freaking care slap a logo on the chest like if it means like you're going to make up some revenue it really does not matter to me Guess what? They At the do bottom that, line. They ain't coming back from that. I know they're not coming back from that, but I think that's where it's going anyway. It is going that way. It's gonna be. It's gonna look like a Chinese basketball league at some point in the near future. But that's that's where the agendas start coming in that people are gonna try to get it past now. Like, okay, we could do this. It's gonna cost money. We're not gonna have as much revenue. Ads on the uniforms. Go. Next year we get. Out, I mean, we already. Some people would say you already have a Nike ad on your uniform right now. So true. Let's uh, let's just let's just move could it forward. They, what other areas on the baseball field? Not on the players specifically, but on the baseball field, other than the wall, that would be visible for a TV audience for ads. Like on the bases, can uh, we get someone's the logo the in the grass? In the can grass, we get so logos you know how, in the outfield grass. You know how on the uh, the pitcher's mound, you see the back pretty clearly where the rosin is and everything. Yeah. What if you just paint uh, a State Farm logo there in the back of the? Yeah, I'm 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 thinking more of like you know. We get a guy out there to, to mow it in the in the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if that really comes across on TV unless you get an well, overhead shot. Oh, they're gonna have drones flying. Drones are flying, baby. Okay, who's operating the drone? Is that guy quarantined? That guy could be in New York. <laughs> that guy could be anywhere. I mean, they they could do that from from distance. So yeah, he could be. What quarantined is the point? So van. they're talking about having the electronic strike zones, but umpires are still going to be on the field. Why? Right. You know, just to be there. What's the point. Just to be there, just because they have jobs and they need salaries paid, basically. Just to have, uh, you know, that 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 authoritative figure, you know, to have the Joe West of the world there, just in case things go awry. Okay, I get it. Maybe one umpire to regulate things, and he can be any. He doesn't even necessarily need to be on the field because we can tell if a guy's safe or out, ball or strike, fair or foul, caught or not caught, from digital technology at this point. So I, here's the thing also with the digital technology, the amount of things that we want to get done, like if they did all the, now, now they have to fit all of these stadiums that are, that are in the minor or uh, spring training with more yeah, of these technologies. That's, so that's probably going to be, a there's going to be an, a massive, you know, technology, like hardware cost to get all of this done to outfit these places. But you're, you're also, you're, you're pooling this right to get 
from, from all of the owners, from baseball, from whomever, I'm sure you would get um, some people working with you to get this to get this accomplished. Uh, and then you'd have all of them playing in the same stadium. So it wouldn't be as expensive. Plus, you don't have, you know, the um, no, but it's the still logistics. the number. OK, it's not 30 still the stadiums. amount of cameras, still the amount of cameras, still the amount of like actually. But but if you had like spot man technology on the lines going now and we had like the tennis thing going with uh, with lasers, you know, shooting from their freaking eyeballs like that is something that they could implement quickly, I would assume, relatively quickly. And because everybody's playing in the same stadiums, it could be one of those costs that is almost subsidized. Like everybody's going at it and, and is able to, to pitch in. What is it? It's 16 facilities. Or no, no, I think it's 14 facilities. Yeah. So Instead I mean, 30. But. Right. And, but, and everybody's pulling in. So you start pulling that like, you know, like a uh, international pool spending money. Like everybody's, everybody's throwing their pot in and what, are, you know, if it's, a percentage of whatever, but it's a way to do it. And I think they're going to have to ramp up the technology because the technology will replace human beings mm-hmm. in a lot of capacities, right? Especially umpires, which is fine. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, video game, let's video game this thing. I mean, if the umpires are wrong and inconsistent, it's not even the wrong that, that, that bothers me. It's the inconsistency that bothers me most, most from umpires. If you're given an inch off the plate and you're doing it all day, I got no problem with that. Maybe an inch is a lot, but right. And if it's if, but if it's at least if it's consistent. But even that is like okay. But then the next day, it's a different strike zone because there's a different umpire behind the plate. Like no, the strike I don't zone mind is that. the strike zone. I understand that, but I, also I don't kind of don't mi- mind. That. There's a human element of that. I where like get you got to know who's of, behind the plate. It's been part of baseball forever. But think about it logically. That's I under, stupid. You can't think of it logically because there's human beings involved. There's there's it's there's, the only sport that that legitimately the rules change from game to game. Well, that's not true because you have umpires in football making calls that they see or they don't see. Okay, a hold, yeah, pass uh, interference because okay, like uh, everyone's got a, a slightly hold. different interpretation of it. But yeah, yeah fouls uh, and stuff like that. All but, of this stuff. There's a lot of things that, that are going down for interpretation. But the strike zone is involved in every single pitch. Every play of every Major League Baseball game involves the strike zone. Some will tell you that every single play in the NFL, there's an offensive lineman holding a defensive lineman. Okay. Some will say. I'm trying to equate it to like what I'm, football would be. And it's like, it's like, oh, uh, a yard. Oh, this, 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 uh, this referee in football thinks a yard is this. And the next guy thinks a yard is this. So that wasn't really a first down. Like, it's like almost like that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like the chain, like if the chain guy was, was like an eye yeah. test. Yeah, it's <laughs> if like the no. chain guy was like, you know what? Actually, I had it over here. Like this is where I was. I was standing here. I wasn't. You know, there was, this was not anything definitive. Yeah, that, like that, the that's strike zone one. is involved is defined in the rule book, and I get their human error, and that's if you ha- one when you have an umpire, human error is always going to be there. But it shouldn't be like, oh, this guy just thinks in his mind the strike zone is different than the other guy because that. It's stupid. It's, just, it's one of the many stupid things that has been around for a very been around long time. for a very long time. And and speaking of stupid, I think this this uh, last thing that baseball has talked about having players sit in empty stands six feet apart, which is the recommended social distancing, instead of in a dugout, is stupid. If you're already quarantined together, yeah, and you're working out and you're in the same clubhouse getting changed and you're eating together and you're doing all this stuff together. Okay, you go sit in stands six feet away from each so other. So freaking stupid. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's really it's there's holes in this thing. There's no doubt about it. They thought about this for a little bit. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, when they floated this, this was definitely just like here, ESPN. I know you guys are losing so much money in but ratings. Why? Based what is- on what we're doing, I'm gonna throw this out to give people to talk about because they got nothing to do. Maybe so. Maybe because it was obviously floated through Passan Passan. If it's Manfred, a half baked idea, why this float is, a half baked idea? Manfred's been doing this. Like this is kind of his becoming his mo. We saw, we've seen things that are floated out there. We saw the rule changes. How many times are rule changes floated out the there into the public? For, the playoff, the playoff changes, format, yeah. like all of these things have been floated out there. Like we're we're seeing things from the commissioner's office that have definitely been purposely leaked to certain people. On you know for for to gauge reaction. And I think that it's always negative though. (laughs) It's always negative (laughs) in baseball. They're okay with the negative publicity as they're of the ilk to saying every, all PR is good PR, but they don't act like that though. They, they release statements and you're like, Oh yeah. Oh no, there's no bad. Cause they're trying to trick you to think they they don't think that. Then they immediately 
walk it back. They're like, right. oh, no, no, because no, no, they're no, like, no, we didn't really mean that. Because the reaction was bad. So they're like, Again. well, you know, one out of 20 maybe will hit. And then we could just get behind it and be like, yeah, you know, we were really excited. So we had to leak this. Okay. If all the executives at Major League Baseball are too stupid to understand what's going to get positive and negative feedback, why don't they just pull like 25 baseball fans and oh, they'll tell you 25. You want all you 25. Need. How are you going to identify the 25? Twitter. Okay. We can be two of them. <laughs> yeah. If we're two of them, they're, they're two very different polars. Like the, the personalities now play into it. Like you're looking at the negative side of everything. I'm just yeah, trying but to get that's good. You're there, trying baby. to get like a decent gauge. Of, I'm saying you got to have then. Then you got to have sample sizes of different types of people and all these different. You things. don't even need sample sizes for a lot of these statements that they release to know it's going to be bad negative feedback. There's no way this idea is going to work. Zero percent chance of this working. Right. Uh, that, that's why I say that I don't think they care if it's negative. I think they just want to get out there and in the news. And it's, it doesn't even like come, like it doesn't even bring. We haven't even discussed the fact that these players have to isolate from their families for four plus months. And I get it; they're already on the road during the season for half a year. Can the family come in isolation with them? Then you have more facilities. Then you have more logistics. Yeah, that's just like more logistics. Maybe some players want to get away from their their wife and kids for four plus months. Some after some being players don't for a month. have wife and kids. But also, like Garrett Cole is having a child in June. So he's yep. going to miss his child's birth to go in quarantine? Nope. So Probably not. So then he has to, when he goes, he's got to be gone for at minimum. If you're there weeks. for the moment, if you're there for the moment, baby pops out, boom. Now you go back in a bubble. Uh, two weeks minimum, minimum. 14 days. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that what they're still recommending or are we beyond that at this point? Who knows? Who knows? Um, I saw yeah, a yeah, new it's... symptom is fizzing where the whole body just feels like it's vibrating. Fizzing? This is what they're calling it. Fizzing. Fizzing. It's like your body is like fizzing, like, f- like carbonation, like in a drink, like kind of like bubbly. Oh. That's a new symptom. Okay. A so new, that's might, a new I symptom? Mean, fizzing fizzing might identified. require more. I mean, it sounds like a drug that you do at an EDM club, but <laughs> it's also a yeah. symptom of coronavirus. Okay. The yeah, Grapefruit I, I, and Cactus League plan is kind of like, a, it like takes the Arizona plan and makes it more logical in my opinion. And that's to... You're shaking your head, but no, that, keep going. I'm just giving you a facial reaction. You don't. Yeah. I'll let you know about it in a minute. Don't worry. <laughs> it, it's uh, everyone goes back to their own facilities that ha- they already have established quarantine in their own facilities. And you play a modified schedule with a different uh, league setup because there's the Arizona league and the Florida league. So there's no more national league and American league. And then they're going to break up the divisions based on geolocation within the States of each one. And there's still all of the same problems we talked about with the Arizona plan, but I think it makes the feasibility of putting on all of these games more realistic because the facilities are already there for each team. I guess the problem is again, the, I, the whole, the whole reason we're doing this is because there's a virus out there that's highly contagious. <laughs> and in order for that thing not to spread, the whole reason everybody's staying in their houses and doing all these things is so that they're away from people and not and not interacting with people on a daily basis. You know, social distancing and all. The the fact when you start getting into Florida, we talked about this. You're losing a lot of that. You can't quarantine people when you're like free reign and you have all these things. So whether it's oh, no, I'm not thinking free reign. Like I'm not thinking everyone goes back to their house and then goes out grocery shopping. Like they're all still quarantined. It's just then they go to their own training facilities at their own ballpark. My, my point, you're integrating now into a community of people who are also taking care of these parks that are not in a smaller confined area, similar to what I Arizona is. You're right. Like. It's more parks to take care of. You're, you're more parks to take care of, more of like you're going through like the, it's just every, I don't know. It's just more integrated to the way that it, it doesn't, I, I don't see it fitting. I don't, I don't see it happening. What if, if you're doing this in one area and one area only, maybe if you're doing it out in two areas, two large, one larger area, as far as geographically. And then the, the uh, thing in Arizona, which already didn't work. <laughs> so you're just making it worse, honestly, as far what as that, if, that whole thing goes. What if in July they can resume play and quarantining is not required because like people can go back and do things, but social gatherings are still not recommended. Right. So the idea of going back and everyone playing in their major league park doesn't make sense because that's just going to add more travel and right. more logistics to it. So they say everyone go back to their spring training facility and we're going to play under these new grapefruit and cactus league settings. 
So if that were the case, if that were the case and the CDC said you can go back to your job and do your things like that, then I could see that being a much more feasible, much more feasible plan. And, and in fact, I think that's probably the most realistic plan, but it's all depending on what the CDC says. I think, you know, as far as like being able to go back and, and for them to play for them, not having to be, have to be quarantined. The quarantine is where you lose everything. Yeah. Me. I don't think if, if players have to be quarantined for, to, for major league baseball to quarantine enough people to put yeah. on a regular season does Can't not do seem logical. The nope. NBA is talking about quarantining playoff teams. I can see that happening. I can see that working because it's an indoor facility. They're going to they're gonna do it in Vegas at one of these massive casinos where you basically would not leave the property for right. a month. Yeah, I, I think that that's the thing. Like you have to have some kind of a, you know, a way to contain this entire thing. And when you have that many teams for baseball, it's just because you have that many teams, that many, that many players. Now you have that many, that much support staff. It's just, it's just a, a greater amount of people. And the numbers game becomes the problem. I think when you're trying to keep well, the likelihood that in, one person will get it or has have it for sure. Very high. Oh yeah. And no then doubt. what, if one person gets it, do you shut the whole thing down? You have to, do you quarantine everyone that that's exactly how this whole thing started. Right. Yeah, so think about how this thing started with, uh, with the, with the jazz. One guy got it. And then, bam! It was a it was a very very. So fast my God, how effect. bad would it look if Major League Baseball does this quarantine thing, and then two weeks into it, someone has it, and then it spreads throughout all of the Major League Baseball? Like that's gonna look so bad. That's the thing. Like that does that does the. I'm not talking about like people getting. Let's just say like best case scenario, and this and someone does get it right. Like best case scenario in a bad case that people someone gets it, and then it spreads a little bit. Everybody's okay, but they have to be quarantined and st- like that's the best case in a bad case scenario all of a sudden now you might have people getting sick like very sick you know potentially like you know who knows how sick and then you have all is it worth it like is the best case scenario worth the worth like a pr hit no none of well, it for owners none of it's worth who are it. losing revenue they probably say yes it's it's the high the the thing is that the probabilities and the the uh the odds of, of it going bad are so high right so high that it's you know you have to take some kind of a, an approach understanding that it's, it's almost a guarantee that it's going to happen. And then, and then what does your, uh, what do your margins look like? Cause you're spending money on setting these facilities up too. Like if they do this technology thing and they're, they're, you know, outfitting all of these places and then all of a sudden two weeks, that's a hell of a lot of money down the tubes. If they come back in July and they can play set, you know, uh, 60 to 80 games, I would actually be in favor of doing the grapefruit and the cactus league because that is so different from a regular season that it again separates it from, oh, did your championship really count, right? Because the Yankees would be playing in a division with the Phillies, the Blue Jays, the Tigers, and the Pirates. And the National League and the American League is erased. So then we can fully say, yes, 2020 was a shortened season, but it was also entirely different. Whoever wins, they won the 2020 championship, but it was a totally different thing. It, it has an asterisk next to it, but we understand why, and it's so clear to see why. And I think that would be kind of fun to play in a division a little bit different for a short season for one year. I mean, shit, Phillies would be a fun matchup. They got Joe Girardi, Didi Gregorius, um, uh, David Robertson. Like, hey, let's get that rivalry going. This it also would be helps f- the Yankees. Their <laughs> it does help the Their Yankees. division is shittier than it would have been. Yeah, yeah. If we're looking at it, it's a better. It's definitely a a worse division as far as talent. But yeah, I'm fine with that. Like again, we we we've, we've mentioned this. If you're gonna do it and you're gonna go into a shortened season at that point, you're calling it something totally different. You're you're calling it. Uh, this is what uh, Arden Zwelling was talking about when I had him on for uh, talking about the Blue Jays. He's like, you know what? Just call it something different. Be the different. You know, if it's different rules, if it is whatever, try to keep the rules of the actual game. But like, change things up. Like, let's get weird. But why not? At that point. It's not a World Series championship. It's it is whatever this is called, you know, the Corona Cup, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. You get Corona beer to sponsor it. Boom, more revenue. There you go. Do they the, want to be attached to that? I don't know. The uh, the AL East in 2019 combined for 301 wins without the Yankees, and the new North Grapefruit League division, which I said was the Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, and Pirates combined for 264 wins. So there it's a worse division for the Yankees. They get rid of the Rays who are one of the Would you say the Rays are the third best team in the American League? In the American League? Behind the Yankees and Astros? Yeah, they're up there. Maybe uh, they're the, the Ra- Twins are close. The I Twins think the, are close. 
The, the twins are. I think the twins are close. I think that the. Uh, I don't think. I think they're better than Oakland. I think they're better than Anaheim yeah, I, with the addition of Rendon. Yeah, I think they're better than Anaheim. Yeah, I think they're they're a dangerous team. And and again, I've ta- I've talked about this. Like as much as I don't like talk about the Tampa Bay Devil Rays scaring me, a little scary. <laughs> they're one of those teams. One of those teams that uh that they have a lot of potential there that are sliding under the radar. And so Nightingale wrote the article, and you can only trust Nightingale so much, but he said the playoffs <laughs> would either have added wildcard teams under this format, which I'd be fine with. Did Nightingale come up with a 30-team wildcard? Well, no. So he said that's one of the things that they're discussing, is doing a regular season with these leagues, but then everyone just gets into a tournament. And to yeah. that I say, well, then what's the point of the regular season? Just do a tournament. Well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if that was his add-on to the plan. <laughs> but but uh, no, it makes no sense. That that makes absolutely no sense. Because then, then what am I watching? I'm watching, you're a, watching, I'm spring, watching training. spring training. Yeah. You're watching exhibition. Because it doesn't matter. Because it certainly doesn't saying, matter okay, about We're going to do, do 15 exhibition games to warm up for a tournament. Fine. But if you're going to play 50 regular season exhibition games for seeding, get the frick out of here. It's just, a, it's just an opportunity for people to get hurt. Is all it yeah. is. It's just waiting for people to get hurt. That's all we're doing. No, no. no. Give if me... they do that, if they do that, I hope the Yankees quarantine their starters <laughs> for for however long they need to. to just get shut them it in down at that point, because then we're just like playing exhibition up. baseball. And yeah, I guess that's better than no baseball, but it's not really. No, I don't. I don't want that. I, I don't want some semblance of this game to be complete horseshit to come back. I, I don't want that. As much as people are pining for baseball to come back, it, it needs to come back in a capacity that feels like. The game itself needs to be like, I'm sitting down, I'm drinking a beer, I'm eat, um, I got my bag of peanuts, and I'm watching a game that matters, and I'm watching good players play. And under, That's the, all I under need. a shortened season, each game matters more. Damn right it does. But if you start if you shortening the game games, to seven innings, I'm no, going to feel yeah. gypped every game. I'm going to feel gypped every single game. I'm what? Give me two more innings. You're <laughs> down one and that's it? you got to be kidding me. Well, they could do things to shorten games like after 11 or 12 innings, it's just a tie and you move on and you fig- and it's like some teams are going to have ties at the end of the year and you still Fine. just base it on win percentage, but we can't play 19 innings because of Fine. these circumstances done I'm or have a home that. run derby to decide after 10 innings. Okay. Now we're getting a little more weird, but fine. <laughs> Why know? not? Cause then it's the, 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 then it's depending an outcome of a game for home run. To, but if you have extra that's fine. roster it would be entertaining spots. as all hell. Yeah, exactly. Let's just, if you have extra cares? roster spots, you just get some roided up freak to be your home run derby guy. What if Kidseko can, yeah. you have to add a retired guy to be the home run guy. I would love that. Chris Carter is coming back. Has a job again. I don't know about that. He still doesn't open his eyes when the ball comes. So that's still hard to hit up, you know, like to hit the barrel of the bat. Who would but, get, on the Yankees, retired? No, not retired. Who? I feel like current... we, we should think about retired players coming back. This is a yeah, great okay. opportunity. But fine. But like, realistically, who on oh, their oh, roster oh, is the home run derby run, guy? Because a home run derby is realistic as a <laughs> tiebreaker. Okay, it, it might be under what they're talking about. Jose Canseco coming back would be the most entertaining thing I've ever seen. Sure. All right, who who would be the guy on our team? Because like ju- Judge it? is the obvious answer, Judge or Stanton, but like that's just going to be an, an injury rate waiting for happen. So who can hit a home run but not injure themselves? Every single time? Who can hit a home run every single time? Um, I would... Uh, <laughs> like, who would I trust the most? Like, I think DJ yeah. LeMay, who could probably just be a home run hitter if he wanted to be. Uh, he could just he's, but he's like a line drive guy, though. So, like, he's going to hit a line drive in the gap. I'm not picking LeMay. I love LeMay. Yeah, he would probably, it would LeMay. probably be, uh, like, I think Miguel Andujar could just yoke it out every time. He's also a Maybe. doubles guy, too. But I think yeah. in, a home run, in a setting like that, he barrels up. Yeah, you're just for looking barrels. for a launch angle guy, though. Because you're, you're getting a 72-mile-an-hour batting practice fastball. You're just looking for launch angle. So it's a it's just a meatball too. It's not it can't be like a ninety five mile an hour fastball. I guess that defeats the purpose of it the derby. It defeats huh? the purpose of the derby. You're it's a home run derby. You got either a pitching machine or a batting practice guy out there throwing. Yeah, I mean, the, so the answer is Mike Ford. I guess I'm trying yeah, to. I'm trying to. Like, See, come, we got come up there. With Mike Ford. Mike Ford is a home run derby guy. But everybody has a Mike Ford on their team. Yeah. So what? Mike Ford's okay. better. All right. Uh, anything else that like you would agree to, not the seven innings, but something where 
we we're not going to play all night. We're not going to do. We're going to just try and get as many games in as possible, but still keep a a semblance of of baseball how we how we know it. Yeah, I think if you start tweaking little things like that, you know, if to 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 there needs to be a conclusion of a game. I, I agree with that. Like you cannot go with your your you know your 14 15 inning games uh in a situation like this. You just can't. So there needs to be some kind of a a, a way that you can uh, identify a player. And I don't even think it's the derby. Like I think they would just go into a tie scenario and now you're going off base uh win percentage. That seems to be the most Logical thing to do. What if it's what if it's like a ten run rule after seven innings or something? All right, I don't like that either. But fine, like just play the other two. I mean, yeah, it's just not play. really. It, those are rare circumstances. Just anyway. and those innings usually ones. take about ten minutes because the other team's just up there doing nothing. Right, um, especially when you have a, a set roster and a set amount of players that you can only well, pull from. So nobody's going to really overexert. Here's a problem that I think is going to arise because of the expanded rosters is more pitching changes. So they're going to have to limit that. They're going to have <laughs> to say you have to identify a certain number of pitchers per game that can pitch or else we're going to sit here and it's going to the Tampa Rays are going to make a pitching change every every two outs. Yeah, that could that could be a problem. At the same time, you got to be careful. Three batter though. minimum rule, but that only helps it so much if you have expanded rosters. Right. Yeah, no, that's going to be one of those things. I mean, there, whatever the problems that will arise, what, the, whatever the problems that can arise, will arise. There will be people taking advantage of every single possible thing they can, even if this is for a, a cup that is not called a World Series and, and it doesn't have the same, you know, trophy and status and all that crap. People will take advantage. And then we got the Japan plan, which Tim Kirkjian talked about on SportsCenter which MLB has looked into the possibility of going over to Japan where the situation is more under control than it is in the U.S. and playing in all of those stadiums. They would play afternoon games, MLB would, and then the Japan League would play night games. (laughs) An afternoon in Japan, 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Japan, is the middle of the night. It's 13 hours, so it's 12 a.m. in New York City. So, I mean, I understand that the, the, uh, the Japanese teams wouldn't want to give up their games in the evenings. But if you're going to do that and you're going to pay people off, like why not switch that so that the major league teams can play in the evening over there and then it's you know early morning at least for the East Coast or you know at least it's a, it, an opportunity to wake up and be around. Yeah, I, don't know. I feel it's, like it's that not, would, that's not they would lose. They think they would get ratings, but I'm sorry. People are only so many people are going to watch a baseball game from 1 a.m. till 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm not going to be one of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Now you're just ruining my life. (laughs) Now you're just ruining my life. (laughs) Like Nick Kirby will watch. That's basically it. Yeah. And and there will be people that watch, but if you have any semblance of a a job or a family or, you know, a kid that doesn't matter when baseball is on, he's going to wake up on the same time every day. You're screwed. So no, it's our, so that's not happening. I can't adjust my uh, my entire life for that. Yeah, I mean that is just Kirchin probably got like a text message from a source being like, "Hey, we've discussed everything, including this, and this is the most outlandish thing that we could have discussed." Again, man, like th- this is stuff being thrown off of a wall. I, I I truly believe they're just like, let's throw shit out there and see what the reactions are, and then we can find some kind of mishmash uh, in the middle and figure something out. You uh you check out any of the players MLB the Show League? They've been playing video games against one another. Tommy Canley is the Yankees guy. Yeah, I've been seeing some of it. I saw the um, Judge played with uh, with Snell the other day as well. There's some entertaining stuff. This uh, Blake Snell is he's really into it. He's become yeah. like the the ambassador for baseball. Basically, yeah, I saw that clip of him getting pull or him pulling himself. I saw that yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, there's another. You know, Judge. <laughs> They've been doing a lot of media stuff. Like they had, uh, uh, was it CJ McCollum or was somebody talking to um, to Judge? You know, basically naming him the the next Derek Jeter or like he feels like that guy. And like, <clears throat> we've been talking about that for like four years. Everybody, every Yankees fan has been talking about that for like four years. But that's cool. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I guess like or it's Damian Damian uh, Lillard. That's who it was. It wasn't McCollum. You know, fine. There's. People are going to watch this. It's cool that they're doing this, and it's fun to see players into it. But like, I only can care so much about video games. Like watching people play video games is not. I mean, me. that's you though. There's, there, the, I know a lot look, of people are into back, it. I know, I know. When the, the, it's huge, and I got something to say about this. So we've been doing these tournaments. Uh, the the one sixty one boys. If you haven't checked out their podcast, go give them 
go give them a listen. Uh, they do a good job. The Boys of 161st Street is a, a new Yankees uh, podcast on the Bronx Pinstripes uh, site. So they they've put these tournaments together that are you know basically people are going out and and uh, playing in a bracket style tournament. I think with the last one, this past one, we had Joe's McFly was in it. Uh, Gary Sheffield Jr. was in it. I got my ass kicked in the first round again. <laughs> so I'm realizing that that I'm never going to be able to compete with these with these guys. And I and I definitely thought I definitely thought in the beginning that I was going. Well, to be what able to gave pick you that up. idea? You only bought a PS4 like nine years after. Because was... I'll tell you why. Because I used to play all the time. I used, used to play to. all the time. Yeah, yeah. But it was it's On the what, same Sega? control. Sega, no, Sega no, Genesis. PS3, bitch. It's like it's 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 been going on. Like we've you have had an NES. It's the same controller. It's the same gameplay, right? But here's the problem. The reps, man. Like, these guys are playing all freaking day and all night, and I and I forgot how much they play. You know, I forgot how much I used to play when I was, like, in my early 20s because it was a lot. And I just don't do that now, and I can't. So I'm getting smoked. Because you're an adult <laughs> with a child and a job. I'm getting smoked, and it's frustrating as hell. I, had, I, was, trying to, I was trying to stream it, and I was getting so mad that I turned the stream off because I didn't trust myself. Yeah, I just, I mean, I know it's just, it's me because a lot of people are into it. I would actually yeah. be more interested if the players were doing something other than playing a baseball video game. Yeah. Like with one and playing a different, even if it's a video game, like just something entirely different. Yeah, they're doing that too, though. They're all on there. They're on Twitch and, and playing a bunch of stuff. So yeah. it's, it's entertaining. Like I, I can't sit there and watch, you know, a guy play for an entire game, but I'll... I'll peek in every now and again and, and watch it. But well, see, uh, the thing is, the good parts are going to be on Twitter, so I'll yeah. see those. <laughs> well, yeah, the, I think what you're really looking th- here's the thing: like they're playing a game, but who gives a shit about the game? That's not really you're, what no, you're, you're there, there for. for the is the commentary. You're there yeah. for the commentary and the shit talking, and that's what's fun. So I see that for sure. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, guys, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casinos to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas directly to you guys. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can still bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering solution. Okay, a couple Yankees topics before we wrap this episode up. Uh, Just want to, if you have not checked it out yet, encourage you guys to go check out the most recent A Brief History episode. This one is about Roger Clemens' Yankees legacy, or as you called it, oh my goodness gracious, the Roger Clemens saga. I liked that yeah. name better. I think you should have just t- taken uh, the liberty of changing it when you, when you uploaded it. But um, this, was, this was maybe my favorite one researching because there was a few things I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know that the reaction to Clemens in 99 was so negative. And it was because David Wells was a beloved guy. I get that. I knew that. But uh, Clement, like that brawl at the end of 1998 was a lasting thing in people's minds of of Clemens. And he started the brawl because Ricky Lede hit a sack fly, which I found to be the funniest part of the whole thing. Is that Clemens was such an angry motherfucker mother effer and he's like this guy almost took me deep this backup outfielder almost took me deep i'm not going to stand for that but was it was it because of that or was it because of uh you know some kind of body language that lede gave him probably was some body fight. language that's probably like, what it was he probably pimped it a little bit too much which was you know either taking a you know a, a step like a little too slow or whatever it was where he thought it was out and clemens it got caught and that's what that's what probably yeah. started on so he Let's was definitely get, seen as a jackass, which I get. But then he was our jackass. He, he, it wasn't just a jackass, though. He was like a villain. Almost. A villain. Like, but then he, he was, was our villain. villain. It's totally yes. different when the villain's on your team. Yes, but he's also a villain that used to be on the Red Sox, too, which is a big deal. That never bothered me. It did then for a lot of people. I wasn't old enough to know Clemens on the Red Sox. But now, thinking back to it, like I don't care that Roger Clemens was on the Red Sox for the bulk of his career. Maybe right. people who were 25 when the trade happened did care. I get that. But 
uh, Clemens had some great big moments with the Yankees. He was also he had the, his worst seasons for the Yankees by far. Yeah, <clears throat> right. Um, but I also can't help but imagine how different the Yankees 2004 to 2006 would have been if Clemens had stayed on the Yankees. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, we're, you, when you start looking at those things and you start looking at history and, and seeing how he could have impacted uh, some of these teams, I mean, he was he was still a difference maker. Like the guy was was a was a phenomenal pitcher, and just the, the having him out there as Roger Clemens was a big deal. And I think that that's one of those things. Like you have a guy that's a symbol. He's like a, a statue of of Roger Clemens, even if it's not the same guy. Like you know who's going out there. It's a it's a psychological impact for the other team too. Certainly. Yeah, so I asked the question on Twitter, do you like Roger Clemens? And based on the, the uh, vote, 67% said, yes, they like Roger Clemens. But based on the people, like the, pe- the angry people, they reply. And they reply with why they hate Roger Clemens. So the 32% of people that don't like Roger Clemens, they're a strong minority. Yeah, and they have, uh, I'd, I'd venture that it's probably the, uh, the older demographic too. The ones that do remember the yeah you know they take the, the the boston thing into their into their mind and then they have a negative thought about him when he comes onto the team and then they pick up on every single negative thing and you also had some mets fans in there i'm sure too yeah <laughs> um and the other thing i want to talk about was a topic i wrote about a couple of weeks ago what what is the most rewatchable yankee game Qu- and, r- r- before yeah. you get on there quickly just talking about the roger clemens mets piazza throwing the bat thing uh one it, by the way Phenomenal episode. Really good episode. I listened to it way too many times for, for, <laughs> for inc- unconventional reasons. Um, but the, uh, when he threw the bat and you look back at that, uh-huh. I'm like looking at geometry and like looking at where his eyes are looking. I was, I was really trying to dissect it instead of like just see that moment and look how crazy that moment was. And I, I'm giving him like a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. In a, in a point where I think he was angry and like annoyed and just like raged up. Yes. And I do think that he was throwing the bat barrel away. I, I actually do think that he was throwing it away. I don't think he was throwing it at Piazza because if you look at the trajectory of said bat, it took a weird hop, definitely bounced backwards towards him, which made it look way worse. But where he was in, where he was initially throwing it, there's no way he was leading Piazza because Piazza... Mm-hmm. You didn't right, know he was leading keep going. Piazza over the middle on like yeah, yeah. A, this like wasn't a 10 like yard in route. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't like a cross slant pattern where you're avoiding a, a, a zone coverage and a linebacker. Not happening here. Like you're not throwing him open. You're not trying to hit him on the run. I think that he was actually trying to throw it ahead of him towards the dugout, and it came out of his hand weird. And like, who throws a broken bat what? barrel? Like, that comes. F- you don't expect what to what's going to happen when you throw that. And he's throwing at a weird angle. He's going like, you know, a little bit like three quarters. So, you know, the there are a lot of things that, that went back into it. Huh? Counter to that is, why did he throw it so hard? Because he's angry. That, yes. I, I'm not saying that he's not angry. I know, I know the answer. I know I'm the not answer. saying that he's not angry and not, not all jacked up. But I don't think he was intentionally trying to throw it at Piazza. I agree with that. I um, learned from this in reading about Clemens and listening to um, some clips of him. He is not present, really, on the mound. He's outside of his head. Right. He's, he's a maniac. He can yes. control where the ball goes. He can't control anything else. Right. Number one being his emotions. Yeah. Well, especially when you're, you know, when you're regimented. <laughs> when, when, the, when that regiment, when, when that cycle hits, baby, you know, a lot he more was always like those that. Sorts of other He things. was like that from day one in Boston. Yes. So maybe he was doing whatever from day one in Boston, but that was always his mentality. So yeah, fine. He was always a psychopath on the mound, and then you you get jacked up, and then you're an extra psychopath. I mean, there's there's a way of, of looking at that though, because I think a lot of guys when you see get to that point in their in their career, you know, getting to the major leagues, being as as good as they are, being one of the best. I mean, look at uh, you, you look across the league at at some of the some of the best pitchers. These guys are in the moment. Of course, they are. They compartmentalize everything and they try to focus everything that they could, they could possibly have every energy, every movement, every breath towards what they're doing at home plate. Right? So when you put that in there and then all of a sudden you have a little bit of a, a crazy pill inside you and a little yeah. bit of a crazy, crazy thing stuck in your ass. Now, now that is coming out in another level and you really can't control yourself. And, um, I think a lot of it was just like perfect moment, perfect scenario, bottled up adrenaline, all of these things. World happening. Series game, the yeah. first matchup with Piazza since he hit him in the head in the summer. 
Yeah, a lot like, of lot all of things. the talk up to that moment was right. what's going to happen in this showdown, and so Clemens is just so amped up. Uh, yeah. I uh, someone sent me an article which I missed in my research, but uh, Joe Torre apparently in his book, the the Yankee Years, which I read, but I read it a real long time ago, so I didn't remember this. Said Roger Clemens went into the clubhouse and cried after that. Yeah, uh, probably because he was so freaking <laughs> emotionally. But he, like, so he did that. Went Do you think he, I don't think for, those were cries of like anything else besides just like outpour of, yeah. of anything. But you know just, what? He did that and then went out and threw an eight inning shutout one hitter. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bodily function that just had to like leave his body. You know, it had no emotion behind it. So I, Roger Clemens had definitely ups and downs in 99. He was not great in 99. He got rocked in the ALCS, pitched well in the World Series. And then in the 2000 playoffs, do you realize that game against Seattle in the ALCS was the best game he ever pitched in his entire life, including the 20 strikeout games? Because the 20 strikeout games had more hits, more walks, and in one of them, he gave up, I think, two runs. In this shutout against the Mariners, he gave up one hit and struck out 15. It was by um, baseball reference does game score. It basically yeah. tallies based on like what you do. So you get a point for a strikeout. You get a point for an extra inning pitch. You get a point for... Uh, an extra inning with no no hits, etc. He had a 98 game score, which is the highest of his career. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty crazy when you think about that. And yeah, I mean, we've been talking about Clemens now for the past week and a half, so I, I've I've seen that. I like to go back because, like, I don't know. I think he's a fascinating. Oh, he's extremely. He's a polarizing character. You get any of these polarizing characters. I mean, you go to the other side of it and look at what Kurt Schilling and what a lunatic he was too, and like all the crazy things around him. They're di- yeah, you it's, understand it's why Kurt Schilling is. Ign- Kurt Schilling is less ignored now than Roger Clemens. It had his horse shit. Yeah. Well, he's Roger Clemens is also like step back a little bit too. I feel like he's definitely because he was uh, ostracized. The Yankees basically shunned him after 2007. They're just like, yeah. dude, we want nothing to do with you anymore. You have bad PR around you, and the Yankees will will dismiss you. That's oh, that's A-Rod? the number one thing. Well, yeah, they kind of did. I mean, but, but he then they now now he's back. You got a rod. Is he and like, is he back? Yeah, he's back. Is he back? Yeah. Did you see that video of him with uh, with J Lo doing an Instagram live with P Diddy, who J Lo used to be married to, and then a rod talking about how he lo- used to love P Diddy's song, like his, him and Mace were the. F- it's the weirdest video I've ever seen in my life. It was on there last night. It's so strange. You gotta watch it. <laughs> and then and then a rod started dancing. And then and they were doing some dance party. It was a whole. There were so many things to talk about, and and A Rod was fake drinking the uh, the the El Presidente beer again, <laughs> fake drinking it. Just I mean, putting it to lips, and then immediately talking afterwards with teeth, like nothing was in his mouth. Do you know why? I bet A Rod strikes me as one of these guys that he has like one beer and then starts it's a, acting it's annoying. Yeah, annoying, annoying, like an annoying drunk teenager so annoying <laughs> he's probably so annoying after two beers so he's and j-lo knows that himself. too j-lo's like don't drink any beer alex but why don't they You're just open the beer and then pour water in it and then he because can... it wouldn't look the same you don't have the same like top if you drink a beer and then you bring it down every single time you see that foam above uh, get some uh, non-alcoholic beer uh, he doesn't a-rod doesn't like the taste of beer okay let's <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest I don't like the. He's taste. a wine spritzer guy. He, he probably if he drinks at all, but yeah, it's a wine spritzer day. He's a Boone's Farm guy. Yeah, I mean, I I just think that Clemens being ignored is. I, I wish the Yankees would not ignore him. Like he should be invited to old timers days. He should be involved in twenty year celebration type deals. They didn't do a ninety nine celebration deal last year, even though they we were did. exhausted. Right, because they did a ninety six and a and a ninety eight one. But had they done it, do you think he would have been invited? No, that's bullshit. I, I don't think he would have been invited. I mean, the Yankees do what the Yankees do, man. They they stay away from those those uh, those types of things as much as they can. I look, they they've tried to distance themselves from A Rod a little bit. Like he's not as involved with the Yankees as much anymore. Jason Giambi is invited to Old Timers Day. He's had as many steroid implications <laughs> as anyone. Not uh, different. They're different steroid implications. No, I know. Clemens, Clemens fought was, it in court. I get it. Yes, he's got pictures of him in court. Comments. He adamantly still denies it. There's books being written about him. Like he was the focus of it. It was him and Bonds. They were the two. Yeah, they were the child. Yeah, definitely. So that's why. 
But Bonds is not He's slowly coming from back. baseball. Bonds was a hitting coach. Yes, and he also came Could back. Could you see Roger Clemens being a pitching coach? Can you see a baseball team hiring Roger Clemens as a pitching coach? Not right now, no. But they hired Bonds. The Marlins hired Bonds as their hitting coach. Yeah, I know. Bonds also stayed away from the from the. He hasn't. Have you? When's the last time you heard Bonds talk? It's been a long time. His head shrunk. That's all I know. Did it? Yeah, oh yeah. Google Barry Bonds right now. His head is half the size it was in two thousand three. Uh, I think Roger Clemens is still playing in like beer league. Well, he played in. Um, the last time he, yeah, he did something in like the Atlantic League in like 2012, and then he's, yeah, he's do, he's still doing stuff with his kids, I think. It, his his son was in the Astros organization for Cody. Is that his name? Cody Clemens. He was a catcher, I think. Yeah, I don't know where he is now. Barry Bond, Barry Bonds. I mean, it's he looks like a, a like a jacked 50 year old guy, but his head is way smaller. Yeah, look, he looks like Pittsburgh Barry Bonds. Yeah, like um, I'm seeing two pictures of him now, and him in Pittsburgh, and it looks identical. Wait, yeah. Although his like, neck's a little, he's he looks like he's got he a, ballooned uh, in San Francisco for ten years or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so back to the rewatchable Yankee games. I posed the question on Twitter. I said, if you could forget the result of one Yankees game in history, and then rewatch it like you were watching it the first time and relive the moment and the emotion, what would it be? Now, some people dis- didn't understand the question. They thought I meant you can change the result of the game because a lot of people responded with Game 7, 2001 World Series. Now, why would you ever want to go back and relive those moments, those horrific moments when Mariano blows the save? You can't change the outcome. All you can do is forget what happened and go rewatch it and get, get all excited again like it's the first time you ever watched it. So that's the question. We're going to do this episode. It'll be a standalone episode later in the week. And yeah, uh, let us know on Twitter what you guys think the answer to that question is. If you could forget the result of one game and rewatch it, relive all the emotions of the moment, uh, what would it be? I also wrote an article about it. It was up on the website about a week and a half ago, the 10 most rewatchable Yankees games. Um, the, some writers from Bronx Pinstripes also contributed to it. Now, now listen, I'm sure there's games from like 1940 that are amazing, but they're not going to be on this list because... There's can't no, watch them. Can't watch, can't watch them. <laughs> but also, I'm not going to go back and dive into baseball reference and try and figure out like what, what was the craziest comeback that the Yankees had in the 1936 season. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do that. So, so these are the ones that you last lived 20 years-ish. Well, some of them are from the 70s because we have some writers who lived through them. And I get that. And there's even one I thought of from the 70s yeah. that I wasn't alive for. But my dad says was like one of his most memorable games ever watching. Cool. Yeah, so, no, those are great. I, I think the majority of the people that contributed to this, probably you're going to see a lot of games within the uh, last 15 to 20 years. Uh, but but yeah, I think those are... Look, I think pulling back from from some of our parents too and like identifying... Uh, and I know we have uh, some of the guys that are... You know, from a from a different era, like we take things in eras and Bronx pinstripes. We don't we we have we have people from from all eras, all eras of baseball that remember different games and they're and they're they're awesome for so many different reasons. So I think that's what goes into it. We'll retweet the um, article that you wrote too and put this out uh, again just so everybody can see it. Cool. Um, keep the reviews coming. Thank you everyone for a submitted a review. We'll, we'll get to those uh, next week. Submit your mailbag questions. I didn't do any mailbags this week, but we'll do them next Monday's show. Uh, any, any final words, Scott? No, just, uh, you know, another week of this. Let's, maybe we could get some, let's hope that everybody is, uh, uh, we've seen like curves flattening and like some like positive news being sprinkled out there. So let's, I just hope that it continues, uh, that everybody's out there being safe and staying uh, non-crazy and uh, that we can get through this relatively quickly and still have baseball. Because I feel like it's starting to feel like maybe... Maybe there's something on the horizon. Who knows? Nah, there's a lot of smoke, but Maybe. I don't know if there's a fire yet. Maybe. Talk to you guys in a few days. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. 
If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.